Imagine a world with no cold calling. A world where companies don't sell your data to other companies who want to pester you. At G4 Claims, we don't cold call and we don't buy a single lead from data companies. Oh, and if you're due any compensation from your car accident, you pay nothing to us at all. For full accident management support, including motor replacement, repairs and personal injury compensation claims, just search G4 Claims today for help the way you want it. And welcome back to another episode of Day Stefano Talks, Talking Scottish Football. And this is Season 2, Episode 1. That's right, we are back for a full season. Last year, we started in the January until the May. This time, we are doing the August all the way through till May, giving you a coverage of Scottish football that you might not get anywhere else. That's not for me to say. On the podcast today, I'm joined by the big Hearts fan, Adam Kennedy. Adam, how you doing? I'm fantastic, Stefan. How are you, mate? I'm I'm doing good. It's been a good Sunday so far. I'm also joined on the show today by Dick. Dick, how you doing? I'm good, mate. It's great to be back on after what feels like kind of while we've been waiting to get the, the season going, but we're finally here, so it's good to be back. We're finally back on the airwaves and also joining us on the show today it is our former Spanish correspondent. Don't really know what nickname to give him now, but it's Sparky. Mark, how you doing? All right, mate. How you doing? Um, I again good to be be back on this season again, especially after a really good summer of football with the Euros, and it's good to finally get back to the sort of domestic scene in Scottish football. And it's um, great to be back and get, uh, can't wait to get tour into the first weekend. Well, I mean, your your fate was always sealed for coming back on the show when you gave us the line of the season with the sold the jerseys. So I had to get you back on. So glad to have you back on. I suppose the best place to start is really just to say that we are we are back. But not only that, we now have a brand new sponsor for the podcast for the the very first time. Our very first sponsor it is G Four Claims. How are you guys feeling about that? Great wee sponsor, eh? It's brilliant to actually be be building this platform and be a part of something that can really help us grow as well so feels good soon we'll be in a studio all be we'll be sounding a little bit more professional with better better equipment i'm buzzing boys i think this is going to be a fantastic season for us all I the only way is that exactly i think it's a sign of a, a good a good start to a season the season for us as well it's also a sign of the hard worker last year that everybody Obviously, put in your uh, yourself, Stefan, running it, but just every all the hard work that all the guests put in, basically getting the podcast on the map, so to speak, and getting it sort of growing it, getting it to a level where a we've now got a sponsor, and and b we've been able to secure a studio, which will help us grow even further. And so it's going to be a really exciting project to be a part of the rest of this season. Now, I just I just wanted to obviously you know say thanks to all you guys for, for coming on. Obviously this season we're going to have a lot more people on, um, which is great, but I just want to sort of take a moment to say thanks to every single person that's tuned in since January that has listened to to his talk about Scottish football and, you know, give it, I don't want to call it a, new, a unique angle, but I, I think we do cover it differently to, to how other people or how other podcasts cover it. So it, it is good, you know, for, for from that aspect of it and it's good that, that people have enjoyed it and, you know, they've got us to this stage where 
you know, they're listening week in, week out, and we're, we're now doing, you know, we're going to be in a, a studio. So I just want to say thanks to you boys, but obviously say thanks to everybody that's listening. Let's just crack on then with the, the action. We are here to talk about Scottish football and, and cover all the games from the weekend. So let's just start with uh, Dundee versus St Mirren. Um, Dundee back in the Premiership after ensuring that Kelly got relegated in the playoffs. How do you guys think Dundee will fare this season, um, Adam? Um, I'd have reason to be concerned if I was a Dundee fan, to be honest. I had dubbed them kind of the entertainers of last season's championship. And I don't think there's any real doubt in an offensive sense. I think they'll always score goals, as was kind of proven the case at the weekend yet again. But defensively, there's still a few question marks for me. Um, and when I look at how cheap the St Mirren goals were at the weekend, it, it sort of brings back memories of the tail end of their championship campaign, to be honest. Um, I'm amazed that under a former defender in James McPaik, they still look rather weak at the back. Um, and I'd be very surprised if there weren't another couple additions uh, arriving at Dens, to be honest with you. Deck, what about yourself? Dundee now back in the, the Premiership. How do you think they'll fare? Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, I think they'll be delighted with that result considering they got a man sent off and to see the game out was would have been a, a you know seen as a positive start f- from from McPake anyway but um I'm in agreement with Adam where I think that there is question marks over the defence. Uh, I don't think they've strengthened enough in the summer to really come up and you know make a real good go at keeping clean sheets. You know, I think Adam will be their star man, but what happens if he gets injured? I know it's enough but it's you know a a possibility. I think he was carrying a knock into that game anyway for a start. So, mm. um, I I just think, you know, I've predicted them in the bottom half, and I think that's where they will finish, which is probably not much a surprise to most people. And, you know, I I, I don't fancy them to go down because I think that McPakes installed a kind of entertaining style of play, but I do think they will kind of you know ship quite a few goals as well. So, I can see them I can see them being down there in the dogfight. What about yourself, Mark? Are you in agreement with Deck and Adam or do you see Dundee doing something a little bit different? No, I'm in agreement with the bottom six. I think 2-2-2 two, two, two could be a sort of a sign of the what's to come this season as the entertaining football kind of, uh, the points kind of been made there, score two but concede two kind of um, idea and um, it does actually bring up the defensive sort of frailties that are uh, that have been discussed about um, about Dundee. So I'm in agreement with both where I reckon it's going to be bottom six, but I don't think they're going to go back down to the uh, the championship. I think they will just have enough to stay in the uh, the top flight. Okay, let's shift over then to, to St Mirren. They had a fantastic season last year. They just missed out on the top six football can they replicate what they did last season or do we think maybe that's just a one season thing under Jim Goodwin and they might not reach that level they did last year, uh, Dick? Yeah, well, I'm actually of the opinion that they will push on and they'll get Tony Fitzpatrick's wish of finishing in the top six. Obviously last season they just narrowly missed out and this season, I mean I can't fault any of the business they've done. I think all they've done is went out and strengthened. You know, they lost Jake Doyle Hayes, who was an important player to Hibs. But they've kept hold of McGrath so far and McCarthy, and they've added the likes of um, Curtis Main and the boy off Motherwell. His name's just escaped me, which this happens to me quite a bit. But um, Charles Dunn, that's it. 
Yeah, they've added him in as well, and they've obviously got Eamon Brophy from last year, and they just seem to have you know replaced the departures quite well, especially with like Obika going, and he was our main outlet, and you've brought in two strikers that will work hard for the cause and and get goals here and there. So I think that um they are in a good position heading into the. Heading into the season, they'll probably be a bit disappointed with the result yesterday, but I do think that they will push into the top six this year. What about yourself, Mark? Um, I, I personally think that they, I think that they're maybe going to surprise everyone by not doing as well as they did, um, as they did last year. Um, I do think they have got good players in there, especially I think one of the one of the, the best signings for them was Eamon Brophy. I think that was a terrific signing at the time. I said that at the time that I thought that was a really, really good bit of business for them. Um, I've been, I've, it's actually good for him himself now. He, 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 would just, he, he now sees what would have happened with Kilmarnock. He would have ended up the Championship. So he's kept himself in the Premiership as well by playing with St Mirren. I don't know. I just think for clubs that, well, that aren't, expected to do brilliant stereotypically. Sometimes if they have a really, really good season, they can sometimes really end up flopping the next season. And I'm going to use Sheffield United as an example. Uh, their, their Their first season back in the top flight, they were unbelievable. And then last season, they just, they just couldn't replicate the form. And I know we're talking about a world of a difference between levels between obviously the top of the Premiership and the top of our league. But what I will say is that it is a sort of factor where these teams can find it slightly difficult to um, replicate form from an, another season. So I don't actually think they're going to do as well. But I can see the points from the side of the them um, that Declan makes that um, obviously that they could do well. I can see how they could, but it's just a sort of it's just a sort of opinion I'm going to put out there. I might be completely wrong and have egg in my face, and I'm quite happy to accept that if I'm. Okay, um, Adam, what about yourself? Are St Mirren capable of replicating last season or are they, they just going to fall sort of victim to that one season wonder thing? No, I'm, I'm convinced that St Mirren can either replicate or better their success of last season. I know it sort of proved a kind of what-if scenario with both narrowly missing out in the top six and not progressing past a semi-final of, of either cup, but I think that Jim Goodwin tends to recruit really well and... Um, it looks to me already as though Curtis Main and Eamon Brophy are appeared to strike up a great partnership, uh, given that first goal at the weekend. I think with Brophy now off the mark, there was question marks with regards to his fitness when he'd initially signed on loan from Kelly. But if they can get him fully fit and firing, like the boys say, I reckon that's a great addition. Um, Alan Power, I think, gives them that little bit tenacity in the middle of the park. Um he later introduced Greg Kilty as well. So there's certainly a decent squad being created at St Mirren. Um, and I also think that Scott Tanz is another shrewd signing at left wing back. His delivery looked to be kind of key at set pieces. So I think there's a lot to like about the St Mirren side for me. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were to have another top half finish for sure. Okay. Um, I was just going to add on to that one about the, the, the Tanza signing. Like the beat the likes of Sheffield Wednesday for his you know, for his signature and it just shows like how like then an attractive outfit to go play football at and that can't be said from, from years prior. So it just shows that the, the kind of submitting stereotype has probably changed and I think for, for years to come they'll be in and around that 
top six. So I'm just maybe narrowly missing out. But I think next year is or this year even is our season. One thing from definitely one thing from my point of view, sorry, Adam, that I will say is that I must admit Tony Fitzpatrick has certainly backed. He's backed Jim Goodwin, hasn't he? He's he's really he's. He's gave him everything he wants. You say mentioned the time like Tan, things like Tans are starting to build a decent squad as well. It was just one of the things I, I thought. I, I, what I said, obviously, I think it can be difficult to be the one season wonder. However, um, I think you must admit that Tony Fitzpatrick has matched his ambition and matched his statement that he wants to be a top a, a top six club. So fair play to him. And if they do it, then fair, uh, fair play to St. Man all round. Okay, um, let's. Before the game, okay. Before the game kicked off yesterday, did any of you think that it would be a, a two-two thriller, Adam? No, I'd actually predicted Dundee to win two-one. Um, so that kind of takes back everything that I said about St. Mirren. Um, but I just think it's imperative that as a home team, you've got to try and get off to that ideal start, and that they might have viewed St. Mirren as something of a scalp. Um, I mean, I'll take the Jamie McGrath goal for the fantasy team, but. St Mirren obviously up against a newly promoted side, I think any kind of any point away from home or points that you gain are something of a bonus uh, on your travels. So I think over the 90, while St Mirren might have taken a point beforehand, I think it maybe suits them more because they've got hearts at home next week, big game, um, and it's perhaps a deemed or it's perhaps deemed a missed opportunity for Dundee to perform in front of a crowd back at Dens. Dick, what about yourself? Well, I actually predicted the draw, but I predicted one each on past the mic, and I also had it on a coupon yesterday to, to, for it to finish a draw, but I didn't see the two each really coming. Um, but, you know, as I said before, Dundee are a team that will take risks. They, do, they are a kind of entertaining team, and they will ship goals as well, so it doesn't overly surprised me that it was a two-each draw. Um, I'm also going to take that dub for fantasy football with the Jamie McGraggle, so um, that'll do me, but yeah, I predicted the draw. Mark, what about yourself? Uh, I didn't predict the draw. I didn't predict the draw. I was on, I'm on the same as Adam, uh, where I thought that Dundee would be looking to get off to a right good start. Back out fresh, back into the, the top flight. They'd be in front of their own fans. I thought that um, they would really... Be looking to take maximum points, and I thought they would do so. So I didn't predict the draw, but um, especially not two each. I was a, I don't think anybody would have predicted two each to be honest between the two. But, um, but there you go. So, no, I didn't. I didn't see it coming at all, mate. Okay, uh, let's move on then to Ross County versus St Johnston. Has Callum Davidson outperformed himself uh, at the Saints, winning two domestic trophies last season? Has he? He's already put his name up in lights, surely, at St Johnston, Adam. He definitely has, but I wouldn't say that he's sort of outperformed himself as Saints gaffer just yet. I know that, obviously, sometimes in football you've got to kind of take advantage while your stock is high, don't you? But he's a St Johnston legend prior to the season of a lifetime that they've just had. He's now got the chance to lead them into Europe, and I don't think he'd really want to escape that. I think he's got a young team there that seem kind of hungry to make some form of success a kind of more frequent occurrence. Um, and for all we know, St. Johnston could drop into the Conference League because that Galatasaray tie will be tough. Um, and it's a learning curve for him. He's still a young manager. 
he's only just finished his first full season. Mm. And I think that the St Johnston project's a really exciting one, to be honest. Mark, what about yourself? Uh, I think, to be honest, um, Stefan, that I don't think he's... I would say he's outperformed himself because I am quite a, a, a big, a big, like a big believer that you want to keep on winning and keep on trying to build on things, even if you do really well. What I will say is, I think he's no matter what he does this season, even if the the time maybe has to come to an end at some time, he's done what he needed. To, he's done what he needed to do. You know, he's he's won the two domestic, the other two domestic trophies last year. Obviously, outside Rangers winning the winning the league. And he's basically took he's put took St Johnston somewhere that I don't even think St Johnston fans ever really believed uh, a few years ago or a few seasons ago that they could even get anywhere near it. So the turnaround that he's had since coming in has been nothing short of absolutely remarkable. So for me, I think that um, he's done absolutely fantastic, and I think that's probably where we just need to keep giving him credit. But if you know, it seems as if a guy that's got that attitude that. He'll never think he's outperformed. He can always think he can keep getting better and better and better. And um, hopefully, we'll we'll see what how they, they kick on this season and see what they see what they can do if they can maybe get another cup run going or or whatever. But we'll we'll have only time will tell. Dick, what about yourself? Well, I think he's a St. Johnson man, isn't he? So I think that because of that, he probably will. You know, personally, fancy himself to kind of outperform what he's done before. But if we're realistically speaking, is it going to get much better for St. Johnson than what it did last season? I'd say not. You know, I think that this season, I'm glad that I've seen him stay. You know, maybe in the past, a lot of managers would have ran down to England at maybe the first call. But he seems that I've not. I mean, I've not seen a lot of speculation surrounding his name to, to have a move, but. Um, from from what I've seen, he's, he's stood his ground and he's he's willing to, you know, take St Johnson on maybe what he could perceive as a historic European run. Although obviously Galatasaray will prove to be a tough outfit. I think that, you know, if they don't get through that, they've still got a chance of the conference. And I don't see any reasons why not to believe that they can fancy themselves because they've managed to retain a lot of their key players so far. With McCart, Kerr, you know, Ali McCann still there. I think they're maybe lacking a bit of cutting edge up front, but they've got a solid outfit that, you know, don't tend to concede a lot of goals. So I think that he'll be, you know, seeing that as a real challenge to to how far he can take St. Johnson. But I think that by the end of the season, he will be off. I think they, I think they put they proved that grit that grit yesterday as well. To be honest, um, I yesterday that they, they proved it where. They can still, even though it's a game that maybe seems to be, they've still managed to keep solid and keep a clean sheet, albeit playing against Ross Ross County, who basically a lot of people are thinking are basically going to tip to get relegated or be very very close to the bottom the bottom places in the league anyway. So I reckon that um, it's a very good point that you say that they, they, they are very they are a very very solid outfit, um, St Johnston and. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they got on this season. I'm going really going to be interested to see how it uh, how it is in terms of the Galatasaray tie. There's obviously a major difference between St Johnston and PSV Eindhoven. Although Galatasaray have just been cuffed five one off them uh, of them um, away. Uh, sorry, uh, um, in, in one game in the first leg, 
Um, and then obviously the, the 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 second leg was just a formality. So St Johnston know exactly what type of wounded animal they're going to be coming up against there. So hopefully they can put in the performance of a lifetime. But it's over two it's the over two legs which makes it seem difficult for me. And I can't see St Johnston getting through that against Galatasaray. Although I hope that they do. Okay, um, let's switch it to to Ross County now. They obviously appointed Malky Mackay uh, as their manager. There was a little bit of an uproar about that. Firstly, Adam, what's your thoughts on County's appointment of Malky Mackay? Um, I would say that it's a very intriguing one, given kind of the lack of first-team managerial jobs that he's had in recent years. I mean, I think I heard on Sports Scene that it's the first time that he's been at a gig since leaving Cardiff in the Premier League. So... It does seem very bizarre, but excluding the kind of controversial off or sort of out with football issues, um, he's, he's a relatively big name. He's had a job with the SFA recently. I think it was sport uh, performance director, wasn't it? So it's it's an intriguing appointment. Um, and I think so far he's succeeding at making that Ross County squad's average age drop, to be honest. I think... He's lost, you know, various experienced key players. Ian Vigers, Michael Gardine, you know, Ross Draper, Billy Mackay have all left. Um, he's brought in a few young loanees and Ross Callahan. But in all honesty, I, I feel as though that squad's still wafer thin. I mean, I heard him say post-match that they've only got 14 senior players. Um, so I'd expect a few arrivals shortly. Um, and in terms of their aspirations, I would say that staying in the division ought to probably be considered a success. Um, but of course, they'll want to prove everybody wrong and perhaps aim that little bit higher up the table. Dick, what about yourself, Malky Mackay? Is that a good appointment by Ross County? I mean, if you're purely based not off his managerial ability, I'd probably say it is because, as Adam says, it is an intriguing appointment. And if you look at um, his kind of reign at Cardiff, he was, you know, successful. And no disrespect to Ross County, but Cardiff are obviously a much bigger club than them, so. If you're basing it purely off his abilities, um, I'd say it is, is a good appointment. But in my honest opinion, I think he's up against it. And he has been before he's he's walked in the door there because, you know, his reputation, as everyone knows, isn't the best. He's probably not a fan's favourite. Um, the minute, you know, something could go wrong, I think they will be on his back. And, you know, his squad is thin. And signing Callahan was a good signing. And I think, you know, I think he had nine goals last season for Hamilton, who finished bottom, which is, you know, kind of remarkable, really. Um, but I think getting rid of the experience, especially when you just you just stayed up the season prior, like with you know the skin of your teeth, I think that could be a like detrimental decision to to make, and I think that their chances of staying up are very low. Mark, what about yourself? I'm going to come at the point of view of, I actually think managerial and ability-wise, I think it is a, a, actually is a good appointment, I agree. Uh, intriguing is a good word to use as well. Um, it's a very interesting appointment. However, um, when he was in that role, and this is my experience of being a youth football coach just now, he created Project Brave, which has just fell on its face as soon as he did it. So he's been, that's why he left that SYFA role and SFA role. He tried to create a youth football project, which didn't work at all. So he's come out off the back of a sort of unsuccessful attempt at trying to revitalise the pro-youth system in Scotland, which 
as a broken system anyway. You could have me on a podcast for three hours moaning about that because it's broke. Um, it's a horrible system, but um, I think that that was a problem anyway. So I think I don't think I think obviously what happened at Cardiff with the with the ra- with the racism and stuff like that, we all know. I think that he's also an unpopular appointment from the point of view of what he did in the SFA. Come under a lot of stick in the media for Project Brave as well, and he kind of, um, he kind of basically was behind it and at the, the forefront of it when it really collapsed under the scenes. Okay, no, um, no was the result. Was that a big surprise to any of you? I think. Uh... Like coming into the season, it usually takes teams, you know, a couple of games to get going anyway. Um, there's no doubt Mackay will be taking that result, and he'll be taking as many. He he'll know deep down that that he's got a tough job in his hands, and he'll be taking any points that he can get. Um, I think obviously they were quite fortunate with Ali McCann missing the penalty as well. Um, so you know, I th- I wouldn't I wouldn't look too much into the result because you know it just it just might be a matter of, and it usually is a matter of teams just getting up and going. But um, he, he certainly will take that result. Mark? Probably, it's probably two of, if you're looking for both teams to score, Coop, it's probably two of the worst teams that could have faced each other in the opening day of the Premiership. You've got St Johnston, who has, um, we've been obviously de- correctly touched on about lacking a wee bit of cutting edge up front, versus Ross County, who basically are fighting an uphill battle before the season's even started. So... I reckon that it, did, it actually didn't really surprise me to see that game kind of just the two teams cancel each other out. Um, and it basically is just kind of the two teams that really are going to need, uh, obviously need to get them themselves going. St. Johnston, as we've said, don't have that issue as much as what I don't obviously have as much of a problem as uh, Ross, as Ross County do. I've obviously, been, uh, I think St. Johnston will get up and going and be good. But I think that um, that Ross County that Ross County will really need to uh, start getting up and going, or it could be a really, really long, long season for the uh, the Dingwall Club, the popular away day among Celtic and Rangers fans, as we all say. Adam, what about yourself? Um, no, I, I, I had one 0 St Johnston actually, which obviously would have been the case had Ali McCann tucked his penalty away. But yeah, I wasn't anticipating a, a classic like the boys have both touched on. I don't feel as though St Johnston have, you know, somebody that they can hang their hat upon. I noticed that Callum Hendry and I think it was Michael O'Halloran started up front yesterday um, with kind of Stevie May and Chris Kane yet to come back. So they don't seem to have somebody that they can hang their hat on. Like I say, some dependable front man um, and County just need additions all over the park. So I wasn't really that surprised if, if the truth be told. Okay, doke. Um, let's fire on a little bit forward. Let's move to Motherwell versus Hibernian, one of today's games, because we're recording on a Sunday today. How big a task uh, does Graham Alexander have on his hands at Motherwell, uh, Adam? I think it's massive. I think it's a, a huge rebuilding job because he's essentially lost three starters in last season's spine. I think Declan Gallagher, Alan Campbell, Devante Cole... They've all moved on to pastures new, and whilst he's bringing his own players in, it's tricky to know how long it'll take for them to gel and then where the Wells' aspirations lie because Motherwell are up there with like one of the most bipolar Scottish teams that I can think of. They either seem to be in European contention... Sorry, or... 
Motherwell. Oh, she's fine, thanks, mate. <laughs> <asking. laughs> I'll let you have that scene as it's your pod. Excuse me. Sorry, continue. <laughs> but yeah, like I was saying, they either seem to be in European contention or staving off the drop. Um, and That's I coming for the Hearts fan. Aye, listen. Um, I think it's going to be the latter in this campaign, to be honest with you. Okay, Dick, what about yourself? Graham Alexander, how big a task does he have at Motherwell? I think, like, this, you know, despite losing Campbell and Gallagher, which is already massive for them, they've lost Devante Cole, who was, or as you like to call him last year, I think, Devante Cole. Oh, what a game. Um, I, oh, yeah. I think it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be an uphill battle to kind of replace his goals, but one thing's for sure, and I'm sure Mark will vouch for this considering we're both talking about it during the game, Kevin Van Veen seems to be a, a good replacement. I know it's only one game in, and it's not a light-for-light light replacement, but he certainly looks the part. You know, his hold-up play, his heading ability, his link-up play was all phenomenal, and he caused Hibs all sorts of problems today, uh, earning himself man of the match despite his team losing. So I think that you know speaks volumes. But um, yeah, I think Motherwell are very thin going into this season, and you know I've predicted them to finish down there in tenth, and it's just purely because you know you lose that. That's that strong spine, and you don't you don't replace it properly. I think, you know, they will get punished for it. Mark, what about yourself, Graham Alexander? Well, first and foremost, to touch on uh, Beckham's point, it's a very easy easy on the eye, big big striker. Honestly, um, I don't know if he's managed to watch the game today, but he is. He's so he's just a constant. He's a he's a striker that's just live constantly living in defend defenders' heads. He's constantly a nuisance. He's just. He's everywhere, and he's and he was he was excellent, just linking up play, moving the ball out wide. He was getting his into really attacking positions, and I thought that um, I thought I thought it was excellent, mate. Honestly, um, and but in terms of Graham Alexander, it is of course going to be a, re, a rebuilding job, and he'll have, he'll probably know that himself. He's not daft. He's been at Salford, so he's been in a club that's trying to get players in and trying to sort of, obviously they had to rebuild as well um, when he first went in to be able to be stable um, in the lower leagues of England and basically um, he'll, bas- he'll, know and he'll know the challenge that lies ahead and I actually think that I agree with Declan, I kind of pred- I predicted them to be in the lower the, the, the lower half of the table as well, purely in the, the uh, during the League Cup I thought it was flattered to deceive and I wasn't impressed with him at all. Okay, um was that game the game of the weekend, Declan? I think, yeah, it was definitely. Um, Motherwell and Hibs have all have, have got a you know past, as everyone is well aware, with the six each game. And early on in the in the game, you know, this afternoon, it did look like it could probably go there. You know, big, big, big Ian Crocker tried to mention that at the five minutes one. Big, yeah, because he loves that. He loves that. Yukovic commentary had when he's screaming down the mic at in ninety odd minutes. Uh, it's, it's certainly a game to remember, but yeah, I think that it's definitely the game of the weekend. It had everything, you know. I think yeah. both. I think Hibs just narrowly edged it, but it had there was bookings galore. There was challenges flying in, you know. There was goals as what everyone wants to see, and uh, it was it was it was good to see. I don't think the referee had a good game. I thought the referee was quite. I think I I thought the referee was poor. Got a blatant blatant penalty um, decision wrong. In the first half for for Hibs, uh, the boy from Motherwell basically just came and completely uh, 
completely cleaned them out in the middle and um, the referees not looked some of the book these bookings were inconsistent. There was certain players that got booked for basically nothing, certain players that required four or five fouls to get to get booked for anything. I just think it was a poor day at the office for the officials I think- um, today, to be honest. However, what, what I will say is that um, Hibs just deserved it, but what a game of football it was. See, from a neutral point of view, it was great. It was a great advert for Scottish football as well. Prime time slot on a Sunday afternoon with probably the whole, that even a lot of the English watching it as well. I think, you know, we talk about refereeing decisions. I, I genuinely, since January, since we've, we've done these podcasts, I, you know, I've come on week in and week out, and there's always been a refereeing moment. So due to that, I am going to, going to start something here where we see what happens at every single weekend and see who the ref the worst referee has been and we'll have a worst referee of the week because it always seems <laughs> to be a thing in Scottish football where we're just single the poor guys out I know this, yeah. is right, like, right. this is like this is like Sky Sports News ref watch right. ref watch <laughs> DiStefano talks does ref watch exactly. are you saying you're going to keep like a tally then Yes, and, uh, and then the, the end of the season, we, we just come up with a wee consequence for them. We'll find them. The tally of shame. Uh, Some, uh, I don't know. At, at the end of the season, we'll give the worst referee the who has statistically been the worst referee a red card. Um, right, let's let's move on. We're running out of time here. Um, Aberdeen versus Dundee United. Stephen Glass, can he recapture the Dons' recent? You know, yearly form of of getting back into the third place and and being amongst the the top, well, the top three, uh, mm-hmm. I would say, because it it was a place Aberdeen were used to. You know, when uh, Ronnie Dyla was at Celtic in the you know six seven years ago, they were always <clears throat> consistently second. Then Rangers come in, they stayed second for a while, then went third. Can Glass recapture that that form for Aberdeen, um, Adam? He can, but it's a big ask. I think that Hibs will go again. I think that St Johnston have held on to their key players. Um, so it certainly won't be easy. Um, however, I think that the Dons fans will have every right to feel encouraged by what they've seen today, by what they saw in the first leg of their Europa Conference League qualifying match. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just think he's added really well. Um, we'll probably get on to that later on, but it seems as though he's added in an offensive sense, which obviously had to happen given Aberdeen didn't have a contracted striker at the club in the summer. So it's not exactly rocket science that he's added the Jet and um, Ramirez. And lo and behold, they both look as though they can contribute in offensive areas for Aberdeen. So, yeah, I think there's goals. They've obviously kept a clean sheet today. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the first... Uh, oh, sorry, I wouldn't be surprised if that's you know the first of many. Um, so he can, but it'll it'll be tough. Um, Dick, what can Scott Brown bring to Aberdeen? I think um, leadership is the main thing that he'll bring. You know, experience. Uh, he's won stuff for you know thirteen. Or more years, probably around about thirteen, is it of, of his career? Yeah, you know his leadership, experience, and real bite. I think are the the three main things that he will bring to Aberdeen. You know, and that's why I think that Glass can get Aberdeen back into the top three. And you know, it will be difficult to replicate what McInnes achieved at the club. But if you isolate this season alone, I do think that he will succeed. He's went out and replaced well. Um, he's brought in the jet, 
and Ramirez, who both look to have hit the ground running. He's got Ferguson and Brown in the midfield who, you know, that is a, that is a strong midfield. You know, as I said about the bite, that's what you need in this country. It's, like a, it's a physical league and, and that is a big thing, what you need in the middle of the park. And they've added Declan Gallagher, who, you know, looks like he can't even get in the squad. The first team uh, starting 11 just now. Mm. So um, I, I think Aberdeen are strong. Um the only reason I'm, you know, it's it's you know a real toss up between them and Hibs for finishing third for me, and the only reason I'm edging with Aberdeen is because I think Hibs have got more chance of losing their key men. You know, Doig is all Doig, sorry, is already away today, and I think Nisbet could possibly go. Who's the was a top goal scorer last season? But as I think Aberdeen now, you know, I can't really see them losing as many players. I think Ferguson might be the only one, and you know, I just. I think they've got a real tight-knit group and also they've got the young boy Ramsey coming through who looks to be a good, a special talent as well. So I think Aberdeen will break in the top three and I think Glass will have a successful season. Mark, just quickly, um, what's an acceptable position for Dundee United to finish in? Well, Dundee United fans will be expecting top uh, be expecting top six, mate. They've always been like that. That's always been their mentality, has been that they want to be up there and basically in the top six. So I think that for them... Um, that's exactly where their fans will be expecting them to finish around around sixth. To be honest, mate, I think that's if you're a Dundee United fan, you expect that every year. I, I don't want to sound petty, but they will say they will want to ensure that they finish above Dundee as well, especially with Dundee just coming back up as well. So that's going to be definitely a priority for um, there's certainly their supporters anyway to finish above um, Dundee. Okay, look. Um, obviously Aberdeen won that game two 0 so that you know that's a that's a good result for them. Um, let's let's just move on then. We've got two games left to cover. Let's go to the one that Adam's been waiting on for a for a wee while, uh, and I'm sure he's he's loving to get about to talk about it. Um, our ha- our hearts, Adam, coming up to the Premiership with a chip on their shoulder. Yes, I'd say very much so. I think the demotion stroke relegation is still firmly in supporters minds relegation um, i'll go with demotion um and <laughs> yeah i think we'll be looking to sort of not just make up the numbers i think hearts hearts will look at hibs and think that that could be them they'll look at aberdeen they'll look at st johnston's exploits and to be honest this isn't a great period for Hearts. I think if Hearts don't finish in the top four, it's statistically their worst ever run, or sorry, second worst ever run in not finishing in the top four spots in Scotland. So we have been used to being up there with one of, if not the best of the rest. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to take time. We are in transition, but I think we had a massive first step uh, on Saturday, definitely. Um, how big a challenge, Uh Mark, does Ange Postacoglu face at Celtic and what can be considered a successful season for them? You know, something that um, it's a massive, massive challenge. Um, to, it's, it really, really is for Ange. But the one thing that I will say, and I don't want to say this no matter what the result is, even if we lose to, even if we lose at Ibrox in, in the 29th of August, there's going to be people going, all these people that sat Ange, sat Ange, what's the point? Ange is only in the door. Ange needs time. Ange needs time to bring in his own players build his own team and it's a, it really is a real uphill battle mate he's come into 
a hor- a, a basically a very toxic environment with the we was just losing the ten in a row to Rangers last season with fan protest, fan basically a lots of apathy towards the board. So with all that environment, he's got all that but to manage before he even thinks about a formation or a tactic. So and it would help if we actually had a goal a, a goalkeeper that's of any use as well. Um, I think yes, yesterday um, I was at the West Ham game myself first and foremost with Barcas with Mikel Antonio's goal uh, as a goalkeeper you're taught to, to have a split setting look behind your head when you're running out to narrow down the angle um, I don't know what planet that Barcas thought he was on there and Scott Bain last night was caught out in what can only be described as goalkeeping no man's land for the second goal it was a joke honestly that of a, a and a arguably the first play. as well mate and Sorry, probably the, the, no, no, no. I, Adam, he probably as well. I, but I'm just talking about the second one. You would describe as being glaring, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like really yeah. glaring. And it's not. You can accept a goalkeeper making a mistake. Fraser Foster used, has made mistakes. Boric made mistakes, but they never made mistakes as consistently as these two have in the last two, and 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 basically in the last season and a few games of 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 this season. So honestly, Stefan, I think. Um, I think basically um, Ange is really, really facing an, up, an uphill battle because he gets so many positions. He actually has a worse squad than what Neil Lennon lost 10 in a row with last year. To be honest, he does. He's got a worse defence than that anyway. It's no frimpong. Ayers away. There's no lax out. So he's basically already facing an uphill battle defensively. And there's so much, there's so many question marks surrounding Edward. Where's he going to go? He does it. He honestly, he's trying to just put an eleven out game week in week out. To be honest, mate. So it's a very, very, very big challenge for Ange. Huge. Win. That back four looks like a bunch of football manager regens. It's an absolute disgrace. And then the goalkeepers. You know, for a club of Celtic supposed size and stature, to be choosing between hologram hands Barkas and Papadomris Spain, it, it's not good enough. Um, Dick, a huge win for Hearts. A huge loss for Celtic. What has this result done for, for both sides, respectively, if you start with Hearts? Well, I think for, from Hearts' point of view, if coming up and getting handed us on the first game of the season, I mean, at home, they're, you know, from what I was kind of reading on, on Twitter from several Hearts fans, they thought it was going to be a, a, a doing. And I don't know what planet they were on. And I don't know what Celtic team they were watching to think that. But I think that that's a massive confidence boost for, for Hearts. You know, I think that Ultimately, when it comes to the crunch time in the season and when, you know, the season gets on, I don't think quite think they'll have enough to, you know, be as successful as where former heart sides would. But um, I do think they'll take great confidence from that result, albeit against a very poor Celtic side and probably the worst side I've seen in my lifetime. But um, in terms of hearts, massive confidence and they'll, they'll be hoping just to continue that. Now that's all they can do is focus on game by game as cliche as it sounds um, but in terms of um, Celtic it is uh, just another disaster on the road um, the confidence was you know it was stabbed at shall we say midweek when we got took to extra time and beat off Michelin and that done us no favours you know we were tired we looked leggy after 70 minutes you know the defence is absolutely horrendous that you know, wouldn't get into most teams in the top six. Um, and on top of that, you've got all the, the glaring mistakes that these players make, like Bain and, you know, just positionally, it 
for for a keeper to do that on the second goal. I know Adam mentioned the first goal, but the second goal was just as Mark said, glaring. Um, and you know it's just a matter of yeah, a successful season for us now is just a matter of and steadying the ship. He needs the backing now. I think they've got no choice. They'll need to realise that. They'll need to back him and they'll need to stay. His main job is to steady the ship and get his players that used to playing in his system and really, you know, clo- close the gap. Because let, let's be honest, the gap was huge after last year. That is a mm. that is a disgraceful gap to, you know, end the season on. And I think that bridging that this season and going for silverware in the, the domestic cups needs to be a priority as well. But yeah, his hands are his hands are tied right now. Okay, um, let's move on to our final game before we uh, give our final league uh, table predictions. Um, the champions kick off in style and are now twenty games undefeated at Ibrooks. A three 0 uh, you know, dismantlement of of Livingston. Surely Rangers are our favourites for the title, Adam. I'll be astounded if they don't win it. To be quite honest with you, Stefan, I think the boys have touched on. You know, the disarray at Celtic Park currently, the the job that Ange Postacoglu has on his hands. Um, and upon watching Rangers at the weekend, I just felt as though they didn't really need to get out of first gear, to be honest. I didn't think it was a particularly commanding performance, um, a, a particularly outstanding performance, and they've come away with a 3-0 scoreline. And I know that two of the goals were grabbed, what, within the final sort of quarter of an hour, um, and they're up against one of the favourites for relegation, but it just looks as though it's going to be the same old story in Govan, um, much to Celtic's dismay. Uh, Dick, will Alfredo Morello still be a Rangers player come September, do you think? Um, I mean, it's hard to say, because right now, I, at this moment in time, I thought there would be a couple of men down, uh, Kamara included, after the impressive Euros that he had. But... Um, I think it's all dependent on whether they get the Champions League, which I think they will do. So I'll say yes, I think he will stay. And I think he's still got two years left in his court. I think mm. after next season, he's entering his final year. So I think that maybe be the time they'll think, right, we'll cash in now. But I think for this season and how integral he could be to their Champions League campaign, um, I think he will stay. Uh, Mark, I know you wanted to touch on Livingston. Adam claims oh. that they're the favourites to go down. Do you think they're the favourites to go down? Say to be honest, say to, say to be honest, mate. Um, for, after that, honestly, if any young, if any young person, the young aspiring footballer watched that game yesterday, Livingston gave you a lesson in how not to defend. Honestly, all three goals from a defensive point of view were absolutely disgraceful. They should be ashamed of that defender. I hope David Martindale had a good go at them after it. And that's not me being an annoyed Celtic fan that Rangers won 3 now. Rangers didn't leave second gear. Rangers put a second-string team out and didn't leave second gear. That's how bad the defending from Livingston was. The first goal, the boy looks at Hadji. He looks at him twice, but then he goes to attack the ball and wonders how Hadji is still there. He's not going to magically disappear. He's not going to disappear into thin air. If anything, he's going to stay there because he's inside the box. Second one, Tavernier is allowed a, header, a free header, but albeit a good finish from Scott Wright. But and then the third goal is like dumb and dumber. It's like an episode of the Chuckle Brothers. And the, for the two of them, to me, to you, to me, to you, I'll take it. No, you take it. Honest to Christ, man. The ball, both ball breaks in the box. And the two Livingston defenders sit and stare at it. And Kimar Roof actually runs five yards behind them, past the two of them, and side foots it into the net. And you're going to ask yourself, is this supposed to be professional football defending here? Honestly. I mean, 
I know they talk, I know they talk about if Morelos is, is still going to be there, but you could get teams defending like that in the Premiership. You could have honestly, you could you could have ranged third choice striker playing week in week out, mate. But the defending from honestly from Livingston was nothing short of an embarrassment, an embarrassment to actually be put on the TV for Scottish football. Okay. Um, guys, I issued the challenge to you at the weekend and said that if you can come up with the, the correct league table come May, I will pay whoever wins £60. So, Adam, just for the sake of people hearing what your, your table is and instead of me in May facing a dilemma of people saying I've cheated, I need you to tell the league table to the listeners. So, the floor is yours. Are you wanting 12 to 1 or 1 to 12? Uh, 12 to 1. Uh, 12th, I've got Livingston. 11th, I've got Ross County. 10th, I've got Dundee. 9th, I've got Dundee United. 8th, I've got Motherwell. 7th, I've got Hearts. St Mirren in 6th. Aberdeen in 5th. Hibernian in 4th. St Johnston in 3rd. Celtic 2nd. And Rangers retaining the Scottish Premiership title. Mark? Um, I've I've uh, you took a bit of stick off of a few of my pals for this one I use um, because I predicted Samaritan to fourth I predicted them to finish in 12 I don't actually know if I want to stick with that now <laughs> to be honest mate because after watching like, I predicted that before I watched Livingston and then I watched Livingston yesterday I'm sorry I'm actually going to swap that Stefan I'm going to put Livingston no, 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 down no 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 Livingston no, no. going down after yesterday they're going down no Ross County I think will finish 10th no, no, no. Uh, sorry, I'll finish 11th. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> what? Go on, Stefan. No, Go your, on. your table was locked in, mate. It have to oh, do I need to do that? Right, okay, sorry. Sorry, mate. Okay. You had a mare. No chance you're 60 quid richer. Not a hope in hell's chance. In that case, it was St Mirren, Ross County, Livingston, Dundee, Motherwell, St Johnston, Dundee United, Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen. I said Rangers and Rangers second and Celtic to win the league. I went with my heart over my head with that because I'm sorry I can't I, I can't bring myself to put myself through any more torture as a Celtic fan of predicting Rangers to win the league before it's even started and it's more of a, a hope of going out week in week out and hoping that we actually do somehow turn it around but after that abysmal display at Tyne Castle last night it's going to take a miracle Dick to you next um, so, so, they're, so they're locked in now they're locked in you can't change them Right, well, I'm going to say, first of all, I think Mark put his, uh, in a, I think he put his teams on a bit of paper and then into a hat and then just picked it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a bit controversial. I want to win 60 quid, not just copy everybody else. But, um, nah, do you know what? Mine's no, no, mine's no coming in either since now it's locked in. But uh, 12th, I've went Ross County. 11th, Livingston. 10th, Motherwell. 9th, Dundee. 8th, Dundee United. Seventh Hearts, sixth St Mirren, fifth St Johnston, fourth Hibs, third Aberdeen, and I went for second Rangers <laughs> and first Celtic, and um, yeah, it's a don't don't even ask me for an explanation because it's just heart overhead, and I can if I'm if I'm answering sensibly, obviously I think Rangers are a set. 
you know, sixty quid's on the line, and I need to hope for a team, to, you know, win the league. Then it's going to be us. Exactly. I, I, you need I, I, to hope. You need, you need hope for your own team to win. Also, another reason for picking St Mirren as well is for that reason of being a. I said you could maybe do the Sheffield United and fought, but you need to be different as well. Sometimes, lads, you need to maybe put a prediction out there that maybe. If it does come in, you're going to be the only one that's in me a chance of winning the 60 quid. So, like, there's a wee bit of difference. I'm, I'm, I, I rate it. I do. I rate, I rate the honesty from you. So the, you. That's why you are willing to do it. Obviously, I'm not in this competition because I can't win myself 60 pounds. I can't give myself 60 pounds. So, I'm just going to give my league table anyway, and you guys can, can react to it as you please. Uh-huh. Hold so, on a minute. If, you, if yours comes in, then uh, the sixty quid's going in a kitty. Yeah, that we did agree that it's going in. It's good. if yours comes in, uh, or if nobody's comes in, then we're we're firing the sixty quid into a kitty. Yeah, um, and we're going out to, and we're just going to basically spend it. Yes, that that I, I've agreed. That I think that's more than fair. So in twelfth place, I, I'm taking the credit for that idea which I come up with. I'm having that one. Now nah, it was Defo Deck, mate. I'm sure. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> very good. Nah, uh, anyone, any anyone in the WhatsApp can vouch for me. Um, I'll start with 12th and I'm going to say Ross County are going to go down in 11th I'm going to say Livingston in 10th I'm going to say Dundee United in 9th I'm going to say Motherwell in 8th I'm going to say Dundee in 7th I'm going to say St Mirren in 6th I'm going to say Hearts in 5th I'm going to say Aberdeen in 4th I'm going to say St Johnston in 3rd I'm going to say Hibs in second, I'm going to say Celtic, and in first, I'm going to say Rangers. Um, I just, you know, for you know, looking at Celtic over, and the, the job that Ange Postecoglou has to do at Celtic, I just think it's a it's an insurmountable challenge that I think he's going to he's going to do well, but he's not he's not going to he's not going to win the league title. Um, maybe next year, but as for this year, uh, I think it's it's Rangers' title to, to ultimately lose. Um, boys, thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast today. Our first episode back, our first episode with a sponsor, which is G4 Claims. Um, I'm absolutely buzzing for, for the, the season ahead. I think, you know, regardless of what way your results go with our respective teams coming on and covering Scottish football, I think we're going to absolutely smash it out of the park. So, Adam, thanks for coming on. Dick, thanks for coming on. And uh, Mark, thanks as always for, for coming on. And we will see you again next Monday at 4pm on Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcasts. Imagine a world with no cold calling. A world where companies don't sell your data to other companies who want to pester you. At G4 Claims, we don't cold call and we don't buy a single lead from data companies. Oh, and if you're due any compensation from your car accident, you pay nothing to us at all. For full accident management support, including motor replacement, repairs and personal injury compensation claims, just search G4 Claims today for help the way you want it.